Hello everyone! This is another episode in our self-improvement series that we have in support of this channel and podcast. Personal excellence is vital to our whole approach to being the best man that you can be. This is something you work on every day. You keep improving yourself as part of your efforts to be the best possible asset for those you care about. As you improve every day, your confidence will increase. As your confidence increases, others will see that improvement in you and be drawn to you, including the ladies. In this episode, I want to specifically drill into another difficult problem many guys have, and that is handling various common problems that come up in relationships, especially ones that are difficult or awkward to discuss. But men lead from the front. They take the bull by the horns, so let's dig in. everyone. Welcome to the Gentleman's Guide to Flirting. I am David, the author of the book of the same name, Gentleman's Guide to Flirting, available on Amazon.com. I am also your host and the exalted leader of the Gentleman's Guide to Flirting empire. You will be able to find this content on YouTube or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Welcome back, everyone. In this episode, I want to cover some things that I couldn't put in the book. The book is about getting yourself together and meeting women either in person or online. The book will definitely help you from the very basics of getting started to meeting women all the way through the dating process as you progress to a relationship. Now, I did include some helpful tools and advice for cultivating and sustaining a relationship in the closing section of the book. But I didn't go into the nitty-gritty daily specifics of problems many of us face once you're in a relationship, living together, or married. It's different. You've heard the expression, the honeymoon is over, right? Well, that may be the case, but it doesn't mean that the misery starts. You as a man have to manage those little things that come up, those nuisances that can interfere with your relationship and your happiness. So, I want to cover some of that stuff here, and I need to warn you up front, this might be advice that is hard to hear in spots, but it is based on stories from the trenches, from the real world. So here goes. There are a lot of very common issues that come up in relationships. We will cover several that I think are most likely to arise for the millions of guys that will be reading the book and checking out the material on the YouTube channel or podcast. Now, there is a ton of relationship advice out there about all of these issues. What I want to do is quickly examine these major common problems using the mindset and rules from the book, which has a unique perspective. First up is money, spending. This type of disagreement happens a lot in a relationship, sometimes, unfortunately, with ferocious, multi-year fights that never come to any sort of resolution. I strongly recommend you consider what you expect or require regarding how someone handles money before you enter any long-term arrangement. 
Make sure your approaches and goals and discipline around money and saving and provisioning for the future are compatible. For me, personally, ideally, I prefer a married, a married couple pool their money and each person has equal access without regard to who earned the money. Whether you earn everything and she stays at home or it's the other way around, that's what I prefer. But that arrangement requires trust and discipline on behalf of both parties. In my personal case, uh, my girl can be trusted. She spends very little money, less than me. So I, I have it pretty good there. But for other folks, sometimes that just doesn't work out. Now, this is a complicated subject because whoever controls the money in the household wields a lot of power. Now, there, there's debt, you know, credit card debt, student loans, any kind of debt, too much spending on entertainment or clothes or other discretionary spending, food, dining out, can be budget busters. If you have these issues in your relationship, the mindset of the book is always to take a positive approach, to favor a positive approach. That's just more productive. Try talking first about goals, savings goals, providing for the future, your plans for a house, for retiring debt, for making investments. You may need professional help planning all of that out, creating businesses, trying to figure out how to retire. If you can come to an arrangement around agreeing on goals and both of you remain disciplined and execute against your plan to hit those goals, then everything should be great. But you got to be able to talk about that. And, you know, that's another kind of pillar of a healthy relationship is being able to communicate and you know, agree on what you want together and be able to work toward those goals together. Uh, in a land of rainbows and unicorns and blue skies, that's all great. But sometimes that that doesn't work out. Maybe you just don't simply agree. If you're going to stay in the relationship, you need to be able to manage your way through that because you can't just let that, that issue fester. It could destroy you financially. It could wreck your credit. It could um, make it impossible for you to retire. It could be, you know, it could be all kinds of uh, all manner of negative consequences. So what I recommend in that case is that you lead, that you manage the situation. The approach suggested in the book, again, this is not a financial, you know, the book is, has nothing to do with giving financial advice or anything like that. But, but in general, the expectation and the, the gentleman's guide to flirting is that you take the lead as a man. So what I'm suggesting here is that if you cannot control your partner's spending and it's causing harm to the relationship, you may have to come to an arrangement where you kind of box in the possible damage that can happen. Maybe you can't pull your money together. You may need to go and have separate checking accounts. You may have to have separate credit cards. You may have to, you know, budget what she can spend in a given month. The general approach I consider for that is when you're talking about a relationship being 50-50, you two will have to go and sort out what your balance of power, so to speak, is. But in that case, I would recommend for financial decisions that at best you do a 60-40, where you're the 60 and she's the 40 at best. And if she's really irresponsible with money and that's really causing a problem, but you still want to stay together and you just can't work through it any other way, maybe you need to go with 70, 30, 80, 20 or worse. And they'll take control of the finances to make sure everything is nice and healthy. And maybe someday she'll um, kind of see the light and maybe do better. Or maybe you can do something to improve the income coming into the household 
and uh, you know maybe it will, it will take some of the pressure off where you have to f- spend so much time focusing on this particular issue. I just want to say before I go into any more examples, in general, for any of these arguments or disagreements, if she is feisty and wants to fight and yell, calmly let her hit the roof, wait for her to come back down, to calm down, then use your logic and reason-based points to try to progress the argument in a in a productive way without tearing her down. It's another point in the book. You know, you don't want to do damage when you're, even when you're having a disagreement like this, it's just something that you're trying to work through. You're the man, you're the leader, you be, you be the calm, reason-based one. If things get out of hand, you could just use time. Just let her settle back down, calm back down. Don't just keep pouring gasoline on the fire. But but also at the same time, don't um, just let problems fester. You eventually need to deal with them one way or the other. Basically, your point is to build her up because you're thinking long-term. Frame your points in positive language. The second thing I want to touch on is sex. That can manifest itself in the two of you disagreeing on the amount that is appropriate for the relationship per week, per month, per year, or what have you. Or it could be that the amount that the amount of sex or intimacy that you're getting has changed over time. Maybe in the early stages when you were just getting together, there was more and that desire to have sex decreased over time, either on your side or hers. Or maybe she has stopped doing certain things that she used to do before that you liked and you're not thrilled about that. This is why when I started off this podcast, I said we may talk about some things that are a little uncomfortable. This is pretty uncomfortable. This is a very difficult thing to bring up because the uh, the reasons for the changes in behavior or changes in desire could be anything. They're very complicated. But again, let's go back to our principles from the book. She expects you to be able to communicate your needs in a relationship. We cover that at length in the book. It's, that's one of the eight main points I make about trying to help you understand what's going on in her mind. Now, her decreasing the amount of sex or increasing the amount of sex she expects could be based on anything, but basically the two of you need to talk about it. I mean, I know it sounds obvious, but a lot of people just don't because they put it off. They procrastinate about it because they think it's going to be a big fight or it's going to hurt her. Are you just going to have to go and handle that on handle that by yourself? But basically, you know, again, we're going to stick to our basic principles. You know, you need to be able to, uh, you need to know what you want in a relationship. That is something you should decide before you ever enter a long-term relationship. Money and sex and some other really major things that you need to sort out in your head first. You know, exactly what your requirements are before you agree to a long-term relationship or getting married or anything like that. Any other kind of partnering arrangement that you uh, may be considering. Now, there's some other things that uh, may be an issue, and these are smaller. Again, like I promised, the subject of this podcast is a nitty-gritty detail. Sorry, this is pretty nitty-gritty. Maybe you're turned off by her appearance, or there's something about her grooming that's um, changed over time, or maybe you're turned off by it. Maybe she's hairy in some places that you'd prefer she not be. You find her woman to be a little more attractive if they're a little better groomed. Personally, and this may be more information than you want to know, but me, I prefer, 
you know, hairless from the neck down. I like nice, long, beautiful hair on their heads, but below, from the neck down, I don't prefer that. And to share one thing I'm not entirely um, proud of, but way, way back a long time ago, I still was just starting with a girl. She wanted to be my girlfriend, but when we, the very first time we got intimate, I was young and stupid and not very mature. And I was not thrilled at what I saw when she got naked for the first time. She had, you know, uh, I hate to admit this, but she had a few hairs around her areolas on her breasts. And being the idiot that I was at the time, you know, God, I wish I could build a time machine and go back in time and give a copy of this book to my younger self to straighten that dude out. But anyway, I digress. So I noticed the damn nipple, that the hair around her areolas, and I just decided I didn't want to be in a relationship at that time. Instead of doing the mature thing, she was a good girl, instead of the mature, doing the mature thing and finding the right time to, in a very constructive way, just tell her in some really positive way that I prefer her another way. She was totally willing to grow her short hair out longer. She was totally willing to do anything to be a good, you know, partner you know the whole upper end of the relationship but not me i was a piece of shit and and i just kind of just like left and, and went away but that was that was terrible don't do that that's not what that's not what the, what the book calls for at all another nitty-gritty detail here is maybe you've got an issue where for certain acts that you might like to perform you can't because maybe there's an aroma there's a smell issue there's a hygiene issue going on there you know around the vagina or her you know lower below the belt area that's another heck of a problem to try to address because it's so sensitive you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or make them cry or make them feel make her feel terrible about herself but again you got to communicate what you want in the relationship if that's an issue for you when you're trying to get intimate that's a huge problem and you need to find a way to delicately bring that up in a way that doesn't tear her down that doesn't leave her feeling bad about herself but still you cannot be a milk toast and not bring things up that are bothering you again i love to go back to talk to give the book to my younger self and give him a stern talking to about that because that guy well what he did he would do is basically he would put up with if she's like if the woman was particularly beautiful he would put up with um hygiene issues at least once or twice and um then he would stifle his gag reflex and just kind of depart the, the the relationship depart the situation and go away without saying anything without even telling her so that was kind of a, again a shitty thing it doesn't cast me in a positive light but that's what i did and i just want to be totally honest with you guys it's not the right way to go but especially if she's your she's your girlfriend and everything else is great she may not know there's a problem going on down there so if you find the right way to go and bring it up that's probably a better way forward for her and for you and for everything. And the next thing is her weight. Maybe she was uh, a little smaller when you first got together, but she's putting on a few pounds. Maybe she's had a child. Maybe she's just put on a little bit of weight and she's just a little less attractive to you. Here again, you got to communicate your needs, but this is another super sensitive thing because when someone's put on weight, in some cases, you know, it depends on the person. Some people can just like melt off the pounds, no problem. But for others, it's really tough to go and drop weight. So you got to be super sensitive there because I am sure glad that I'm a guy and I don't have to have worry about makeup and my hair and my nails and my weight and my everything and my everything about my appearance to be judged around the clock. You don't want to go and say something to a woman that makes, again, makes her feel bad about herself or tears her down. But 
maybe you can make offers to her about, you know, you know, couch it in terms of just generally improving your health. Maybe there's some things you can do together, more physical things, more outdoor things. Go walking, running, biking, go to the gym, um, more healthy eating, all that. The combination of exercise and diet is supposed to be the thing that helps you control weight issues. So maybe explore that together, find things that she likes, be super supportive of it, and never ever tear her down. But just again, you still got to communicate with her. You still got to you know, handle things in a very, very positive way. But these are real issues. And, uh, you know, you're not alone. Don't think that you're alone if you're out there suffering from anything that I've talked about here. So let's talk about some other stuff that can happen once you're living together with somebody. Again, this is the, you know, more lessons from the trenches, baby. This is from the front lines. What if you start realizing or being concerned, whether it's real or not, that she's lazy? Say, for example, your your home is not clean. There are, there are dirty dishes in the sink. The dishes in the sink, they start stinking. That's drawing flies or ants or other bugs. Uh, the, the bathroom's not clean. The floor's not swept. You know, you guys got to you know, figure out how you're going to keep your... your um, living quarters clean, I mean, one or the other person can have those chores, or you can get outside help, or you can solve it in a number of ways, but if your expectation is that she's supposed to do it again, and I'm just going to sound like I'm a broken record here, but you need to communicate about that in a nice way that doesn't tear her down, that doesn't insult her, don't tell her she's that you think she's lazy and fuss at her. Just say, hey, is there any way we can do a little bit better job of keeping the place clean, get on a better schedule? Um, again, it's another tough thing because, you know, household chores to me are thankless things. And to be quite honest with you, I'm buying as many robots and as much automation as I can to try to deal with it in my own home because I despise vacuuming floors and whatnot. So I'm happy whenever I see a new vacuuming robot or mopping robot to try to tip, lessen some of that work. But again, you need just need to go and talk this through and uh, f- find a way forward that works for the both of you. Well, I just realized that I've been going on way too long and I need to wrap this up. What I will do is, because I have a lot more material to cover here, is to break up the remaining pieces into one or two more episodes and get those out to you in the next week or two. So that's all that I have for now. You guys take care out there and I'll see you soon.